This episode of the Business Samurai Podcast is brought to you by Lamar Marie Popcorn. You can get now one bag and get a second bag for half off with the code BARKER at checkout. So if you like your snacks a little sweet, a little salty, a little mixture of both, go check out LamarMarie.com and all of the flavors that they have for your next snacking sensation. That is LamarMarie.com with code Barker at checkout for buy one, get one, half off. Welcome to the Business Samurai Podcast. I am your host, John Barker. With me, my next guest is my good friend, Jeff Say. I first met Jeff when he was the editor slash reporter slash kind of multi-hat wearer inside Nova's Culpeper Times newspaper, which I had a column in for about three years. Jeff has since become the president of the Culpeper Chamber of Commerce, continuing to serve the local community there. And just appreciate Jeff taking the time to come chat with me, everything about chamber and community. And Thank you, John. And it's always a pleasure to chat with you. I always go to you for my technical and social media <laughs> needs. And I don't know too many people that are as plugged in as you are. So uh, I will try to be as plugged in to the community side of aspect of things as I can. I was going to say, you, with your involvement with writing the columns and running the paper and things of that nature, and then trans, it seemed like a natural transition to go run the Chamber of Commerce when the opening came up because it, it, you're, you were already previously tapped into the happening. So if you got to just take a couple of minutes and give your, a little bit of your personal background that led to you to taking the position you're in now. If you might not be able to tell from my Northwest PA accent, I'm not originally from <laughs> Virginia. Uh, so I was in the newspaper industry for 20 years. I started in Clarion, Pennsylvania as a Cubs sports editor in the early 2000s. And at the time, I met a young lady who was going to school for education and she graduated and moved to Culpeper, Virginia. And we decided to try to make a go of it, and we, we were able to, and we got engaged in 2004, and my wife Sarah's plan was always to come home to, to outside of Pittsburgh. And if you know anything about the Pennsylvania public schools, it's you can't get your foot in the door because they hang on forever because the union is so strong. So. Eventually, she said, I'm not going to be able to come home. You're going to have to come here. And I said, okay. So I applied <laughs> uh, for the sports writer position at the Culpeper Star Exponent in 2005. And thankfully, the managing editor at the time, Rob Humphreys, saw something in me and brought me down to Culpeper. And I will admit that I almost immediately fell in love. It had the small town charm of my college town while also I could see it growing at that time. So when Sarah first moved here in 2003, I think the town was approximately 8,000 people. Now, as of last year in the census, I guess in 2020, we are approximately around 20,000 people in the wow. town. 57,000 in the county. So it has, just the town has grown immensely, but it has retained that small town charm that you can walk downtown and know your neighbors. And thankfully, through my work in the newspaper business, I was sports editor for a couple of years at the Star. And then I decided as I was you know, getting, as we were progressing in our marriage and talking about children and family, that those long hours of working 10 in the morning until <laughs> one in the morning the next day just were not gonna work. So I became the community editor and so that put me in contact with a lot of our businesses and a lot of our nonprofits and a lot of our government leaders. And so I got to meet, I'd like to say almost everybody, got to know a lot of the movers and shakers in Culpeper. And then I got burned out in the daily biz and I went and worked at the Culpeper Times as a graphic designer in 2015 and eventually moved back into the editor role because of my expertise of knowing our community. And it's just being having the boots on the ground and getting to know the people and so now when I've moved to the chamber and this job opened up it just for me seemed like that natural progression because I'm still being able to do what I love and that's tell the stories of our neighbors and be able to promote our town our county our businesses our nonprofits and just there really is no place like Culpeper the way that we are all able to work together. My good friend, Pastor Brad Hales, Reformation Lutheran Church, uh, has allowed me to use his three C's. It's communication, 
collaboration and caring. And that is what sets Culpeper apart. I've talked to several other townships and towns and counties throughout the pandemic and no other vicinity is doing the things that we're doing and being able to work across different organizations and different departments and be able to make things happen. So we'll get into some of that in a little bit, but just our collaboration with our town tourism and town economic development and our county economic development mm -hmm. and our Parks and Rec and our Culpeper Renaissance Inc., which is our Main Street program. We all work together. We all collaborate. We all communicate extremely well. And we're all able to have the same vision of what we want this town to be and how to promote it. And I think that is what sets our town apart. And I think there's some lessons to be learned about how other organizations can be able to make uh, things happen in terms of just that type of communication. No, and that's one of the things from having that small town environment. My wife and I lived there for about six years. I was heavily involved with the chamber, heavily involved in the community, and got to see a lot of that collaboration firsthand. How, when you took over that role, the, you think about the, the chamber in and of itself is a lot of event-driven, a lot of getting together, hands in the pot, making things together, and you take over that role right at the time where it was like, no, you can't do any of that stuff. How hard was it to get a foothold in, one, a new role, but one that was usually, you, you think of it traditionally precipitated on getting together, event-driven, meetups, things of that nature, even if small, smaller. How were you able to navigate those waters successfully? Because the last, I talked to you, you told me, what was it? We had lunch together a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording, and you were like, we've had, what, 40 new members sign up in, in 2022? How were you able to navigate those waters when everybody else in panic crisis mode? Not saying that you may necessarily worked in the beginning. <laughs> so I started in February of 2020. And I do believe my first day was February 17th. And I started and our staff was our director of programming and operations, Amy Frazier. And we had a temporary staff member, Yvonne Letson, at that time. And 2020 was going to be our best year yet. We were energized. We were really excited. Certainly, I had a lot to learn. I understood the community and I understood the relationships, but when you're coming into a nonprofit realm of which the chamber is, there is a lot of the back end that you need to quickly be immersed in. And I always refer to it as being fed drinking from a fire hose. So in March, it was March 13th is when we learned everything was shutting down. And that day we had a mixer with the Fauquier Young Professionals and our Culpepper Young Professionals. And we got together at Old Trade Brewery and we had a good bit of people come out, but I remember Amy and I scrambling around to find what hand sanitizer we could. Masks weren't quite a thing yet, but it was something we were trying to locate. And that was the last real networking opportunity we had for three months. And we quickly had to say, we have to be the leaders. We can't just shut down because everybody else doesn't want to shut down. We have to find ways to be creative, to be able to keep business going. So we quickly started having town halls online. Our state of the community was scheduled for March and we had to postpone that. But in May, we hosted it virtually. We quickly learned about Zoom and we, at the same time, we were switching uh, to Microsoft Teams with WinStar Technologies, which was one of our platinum partners here at the chamber. And WinStar held our hand, taught us all the technology of how we could have team meetings, how we use Zoom. We quickly bought microphones and, and we quickly pivoted. And that, I think, is the key word. And I know everybody cringes now at the P word, but <laughs> we had to be flexible and we had to be understanding. So we knew that there was a large group of our population that was still, it was very hesitant, but we wanted to show that you could still continue to conduct business. A lot of our restaurants did curbside delivery. We helped promote those. A lot of our businesses opened websites for the first time and started offering curbside uh, pickup and found new ways to utilize social media. We had town halls about the financial side of things, what loans were available, what grants were out there. And then in the summer, the town through some ARPA funding and the county also received some 
American Rescue Act funding that they created a program called Culpeper Cares. And that was a grant program for businesses that were impacted by the pandemic that they could go and fill out a form online and fill out some information, financial information, and they were able to receive grant money to keep them going. We served as administrators helping out as businesses, members and non-members came to us and said, I don't have an email. I don't have a computer. I don't know how to navigate this. And we would sit down with them, help them log in. Some of them used my email at the chamber to create an account so they were be able to get into the back end and file for those grants that, that kept them flowing through the pandemic. And that was, for me, one of the most rewarding things. We created lifelong friendships and relationships with folks that we may not have known very well ahead of time that we were able to help them. And it was just that communication and collaboration of working with the town and the county and Paige with the town economic development and town tourism was a huge part of that. And working with Chris Hively with the town manager and John Eggertson with the county and uh, working with Phil Sheridan, who at the time was the economic development director and is now Brian Rothamel, who came from Fluvanna, is now our economic de development director here in the county. Just working with them, open lines of communication. How can we get the information out there? We had a newsletter that we were sending out and updating on our website that was COVID-19 resources with what grants were available. REC had grants, PATH Foundation had grants for nonprofits. And it was just communicating with them. And a lot of our nonprofits, they were the ones that were truly impacted because they weren't able to host business the way they mm -hmm. used to. Culpeper County Volunteer Fire and Rescue Association had hosted bingos forever, and that was their major fundraiser. None of that happened. The chicken dinners, the spaghetti dinners, none of those were able to happen unless they were takeout, and it may not have been as impactful. So we were helped communicate with them. Our nonprofit council helped generate ideas of how that they would be able to get back that funding, how they were able to, to make pleas on social media to the community to let them know that our nonprofits, while they were impacted financially, were still operating. They were still serving the community. And so it was just getting that information out there that while you might not see them, they are still in this behind the scenes helping service our community. We helped our nurses and our hospital staff. We provided food. Early on, uh, we worked with the Country Club of Culpeper. They donated food to the hospital, to the Volunteer Fire and Rescue Associations, to our paid staff. We helped coordinate delivering them. We worked with other organizations to deliver toilet paper to the Salvation Army. Local hotels would bring us, uh, and we were that clearinghouse that we would help get it to where it needed to be. So it was finding different ways of doing business and yet having a community impact. So it, it sounds like for sure that you guys were taking a hub and spoke mentality. You were at that center of coordinating different types of relief effort based because people were reaching out to you going, hey, I need help with whatever it was that was directly affecting them. You going, hold up, I know which resource can coordinate and help with that. And so you were able to facilitate with that in that you were a point, a main point of contact to facilitate relief efforts during that time period, and that was in your first month, starting on the first month of the that, job. That, that was essentially my first year, <laughs> trying to coordinate all of that. But you bring up those connections and making those connections. That is what a Chamber of Commerce to me is, is creating those connections, building that economic engine. And if we don't know an answer, we know somebody who does know that answer. So it's, they'll call, somebody will call here and say, hey, I need help. I, I need to talk to somebody. I want to start a business and I, it's this great idea. I don't know who to talk to. And they think you're, we're with the chamber. We don't have the, all the answers. So we would s slide them over to Dave, the small business development center, uh, mm -hmm. community investment collaborative out of Charlottesville. Dave is associated with now and Dave has business plans. Dave knows what small business loans are available. Dave has years of financial information that he's able to share. He knows all the trends. He's able to break everything down and tell you what businesses are here that already might be in that realm and what niche you can fill. So it's making those connections. And I think that's really our pivotal goal is to be able to connect our community to get everybody the resources that they need and provide them those services. 
What type of interact? You, you mentioned the small business development uh, uh, center and some of the SBA stuff. How do you function if from a from the governmental, the local government standpoint? Because this was something I know when I was involved that they would sit there and go, if something came up within the community that needed to be voted on, does the chamber get involved? Does the chamber not go involved? Are you advocate for the businesses? How do you? How are, has that changed? How have you navigated the water with those types of things that that may pop up within the community? Because you are one of the faces, Jeff say, you are one of the faces of Culpepper. And so I, I imagine that that, that that type of stuff pops up, I would think, periodically at least. Uh, yes, and we've encountered that. And there's still conversations we have in, at board level that we'll mm-hmm. have a vote of whether do we make a stand on this. Or and, and sometimes what, and most of the time, what it is, we serve as the conduit. We're putting the information out there. We're not saying yay or nay because we don't have the final say, no pun intended, uh, on that uh, decision. That's something that our town council or our board of supervisors or somebody uh, higher up is going to be making those decisions. What we can do is provide the information to our community, to our businesses, to our nonprofits, to our residents, and let them know what is coming. And then they are able to go and speak to the board of supervisors or to the town council or to their representatives about what they have learned that we have provided that information. No, that's awesome. Uh, switching gears a little bit, because a lot of the stuff, it is all that collaborative environment and your your chamber staff is small. You have to rely on the community and probably in a volunteer mechanism to, to come in there. How has that changed or how has that evolved as now we're starting to open back up? Are you seeing a lot more people wanting to be involved and, hey, I can pitch in and help with XYZ and this event or that? How has that allowed you to continue the success within the community? First, let me put in a plug for our team because I was blessed to come in with Amy Frazier as our Director of Programming and Operations. And Mm -hmm. Amy is a dynamo. She's lived in Culpeper all her life. She went away for college a little bit, came back, and she is just amazing. She has her pulse on what is important in Culpeper. She has a heart for our community and she works harder than anybody I know. And our events run so smoothly because of her. She has every logistic planned out ahead of time. So she did an amazing job throughout the pandemic of transitioning our events that we did host all of our 10 signature events throughout the pandemic. And then coming out of the pandemic, we're, we're still hosting them. Some of them hybrid, many of them in person, a couple of them virtually. But our Culpeper Fest in 2020, which is our largest business to community event, we had nearly a thousand people come out to Culpeper, to Eastern View High School Cyclone Stadium in the middle of a pandemic. And then we found that type of vendor opportunity to be able to get in front of our communities at the track where everybody's set up along the football field and everybody comes in the track and goes around one way. That provided so much exposure for our businesses and nonprofits that we did it again in 2021 and we're doing it again here coming up June 10th at Eastern View High School so Cyclone Stadium from 4 to 8 p.m. We're doing that again and it's Amy's ability to be able to think quickly and work and, and create relationships that People are more willing to say yes, and we're able, to, and they know that her heart and our heart is in the right place that we're able to make uh, these events happen. And then I mentioned uh, Vaughn Letzum; she was our temp, and during the pandemic, and then in March, uh, she you know had some elderly family she was taking care of, and and she said, I, I cannot work, I can't come out as we're in the middle of a pandemic. And then about a year later, we put out a uh, call for our administrative assistant. And all of a sudden, Vaughn popped up in our Indeed, and I said, <laughs> yep, she already knows, uh, and she's perfect. She has this personality. Again, she's, it, when you call, you're getting a friendly face. You're getting a friendly voice. We listen. We tr- point you in the right direction, or we're able to give you the answers that you're looking for. And if we don't know the answer, then Vaughn is able to direct them to myself or Amy. And then if we don't know the answer, we direct them on. So our staff, first and foremost, is incredible. And I'm so blessed to have those two ladies in my life and in the chamber realm because I wouldn't be where I am today without them. Now, volunteers, we've seen more people now coming and saying that they are willing to help back out and and be committed to the community. During the pandemic, our young professionals were extremely vital that they were volunteering throughout everything. They always host a crab feast in 2020. We weren't able to do that, so we quickly decided to have a charity car wash 
and we partnered with mm. Culpeper Car Wash, and they donated two dollars of every car wash. One of the hottest days in July, and we were outside volunteering, wiping down cars, scrubbing tires, collecting extra donations. And that year, we had picked the Culpeper Food Closet as our nonprofit. Every year, the young professionals select a nonprofit that they're going to give back to. It was just kismet that we had selected the food closet earlier in 2019 to be the charity for 2020 because they really needed it. And mm -hmm. so we raised, during the pandemic, $2,000 for the Culpeper Food Closet. Awesome. The next year in 2021, we benefited the Groundworks Project, which is a joint partnership between Rappahannock Goodwill and Redundant Adventure Bound, which helps students uh, learn leadership skills and get some resume building skills. And it's just an overall amazing opportunity for young people who need maybe a little extra help. And so we raised $2,700 last year. Uh, on the backbone of our car wash. We had a kickball tournament last year and we had our crab feast and we were able to raise that much. This year, we, our charity car wash is coming up July 9th. Again, at Culpepper Car Wash, it's gonna be all day from nine to five. You're gonna be hearing about it on WJMA coming up soon. We're gonna have some uh, radio ads about it, but we're looking for volunteers for that. But we've had a lot of folks reaching out and saying, yes, we wanna get back out. We wanna, we wanna help. And especially the younger gen generation, the millennials, because they really are plugged in to the social aspect and they understand how important it is to give back. And that's something I'm always talking to our businesses about trying to find a nonprofit that you support or a cause that you support. In Culpeper, if there's a cause you support, there's a nonprofit that is already there servicing that community. So whether it's pets or children or working with uh, youth sports that we're able to find a connection and so it's so important now for our businesses to be able to give back to our nonprofits to keep that going and that and that's just marketing right that's a way to get your name out that you are helping support somebody in our community and i think that really is so important so when it comes to volunteers I, we've seen quite a few uh, already signing up for Culpeper Fest on June 10th. The car wash, our sign up genius just went out. We have a sign up genius on our website for Culpeper Fest. If you would like to volunteer, please sign up. It's a great opportunity to get out to meet other people. And that's what people are looking for right now, John, is they're looking for that networking piece that mm -hmm. was missing for two years. They want that personal connection. They want to get out. They want to see faces without masks on. So that's what the beauty of... Or the, through us like the screen right now. Right now <laughs> but hey, we had lunch the other day. We had lunch yeah. uh, you know, in person for the you know, first time in a couple months. But it, it's being able to, to make these connections. But as you mentioned, during the pandemic, we were doing this through Town Hall and Zoom. Hmm. That we had folks from uh, UVA Health talking about what talking about vaccines and, and what to look for. We had folks from our financial groups, YHB, Dave Reardon from the Small Business Association. We had other uh, folks talk about Alan Rasmussen from RRCS talking about mental health and how that was impacted during the pandemic. So we had kept that going, but now when you're able to get back in person, uh, I will share that with Culpeper Fest in June 10th, coming up in about three weeks, we have, as of this morning, nine booths left. And we added booth space because we no longer have to social distance. So we're going to have over uh, probably 110 vendors. Uh, that's awesome. Organizations. Congrats. Let me say organizations sure. because sure. that's businesses. That's nonprofit. We have folks that are going to be bringing a mechanical bull. We have a whole children's area. <laughs> so we are really excited. And we're looking forward to the community coming out and supporting and getting to know their neighbors. One of the things that that I've seen and congrats on, on the continued success and expansion of those programs and talking about that, I've been, I've seen and been invited to other different chambers and there's a lot of similarities between, between them. You'll, most of them will have a lead share group. Most of them will have their big banquet. Most of them, they may have their state of the community, whatever they want to call it in, in local government for people to not realize that's a good way to meet your local representatives. If they do do those types of events, which most do. Culpepper does do some unique things that I've not seen, such as like career partners. Can you talk about some of the unique programs that, that I know that Culpepper has to support entrepreneurs? So Career Partners was started in the mid-90s, uh, and it was spearheaded by Norma Dunwoody, who was at the Chamber of Commerce at the time. And the Chamber has supported Career Partners, which is its own 501c3 nonprofit, 
but we have supported them through scholarship funds and I serve on the board on the executive committee. So I'm tied into Career Partners and it's one of my favorite things. And Career Partners has grown. In the mid 90s, they were working with students uh, and they were br the goal was to bring business leaders into high schools because they had identified that high school students weren't prepared coming out of high school to go right into college or right into businesses. And so they saw that there was a need. And when they started working on programs and that included mock interviews, and then so that is still one of our programs, but it's continued to grow. And we have so many programs now. We have Teachers for Tomorrow, which helps fund students through Shenandoah University that they go into classrooms and they work with teachers and they're able to learn about what it is to be a teacher and then they earn credits at Shenandoah. So when they're graduating high school, they've already got college credits. Same with nurses, we have a program that works with them. We have uh, our STEM day, which is out at Airfest and we uh, mm -hmm. set up two days out at Airfest and we bring in all the fifth graders from Culpeper County Public Schools, the six elementary uh, schools, and they get to see everything that goes into flying an airplane. There's gonna be a flight simulator this year. So there's just a, a lot of great interaction. But for me, the highlight is E-squared. And E-squared is like Shark Tank. And it started in 2008. It was the brainchild, and, and they always hate it when I say this, but it was the brainchild of Mike Dale and Chuck Yuri. And both Mike and Chuck have since won our LB Henready Outstanding Citizen Award through the chamber. They are visionaries. They are some of the smartest men that I have ever met, and they have a heart for our community. And so they were talking about how do we get young entrepreneurs engaged and how do we introduce them to business leaders in Culpeper and help them formulate ideas and then be able to present them. So what it is, there's a group and there's classes at both Eastern View High School and Culpeper County High School that they, this year there was 10 teams and those teams can be as many as five students. There were some that had three students. In our history, we have had winners that only had a team that had two students. But they come up with an idea, a business idea. They come up with a business that they have to formulate a business plan, including financials, including marketing, including how they expect to grow. And they go in front of a judge of uh, seven judges, a group of seven judges, just like Shark Tank. And they sit and they present their business plan that's on a PowerPoint and they have to have presentation skills. They have to have that's a awesome. business plan written. They have to have their financials all figured out. And they go and they present and they're judged on a rubric of you know how they did it in the business plan and how they did in the oral presentation. It's incredible. I honestly have not seen anything else like it anywhere in the Commonwealth. I've talked to folks at our Virginia Association of Chamber of Commerce executives meetings about it and they we want to copy this. We want to do what Culpepper and Career Partners is doing. And it's because of that collaboration, communication, and the caring is that we all work together. So uh, let me share one quick story. Uh, the winning team this year was Spark Adventure Care, and they were coming up with a way, they identified a need that there was not enough after-school daycare for students. There are a couple of programs. We have Kids Central, which is uh, through our Culpeper Department of Human Services. We have the Culpeper Baptist Child Development Center. They also do preschool and they have pre-care and after-care, but there's waiting lists at both places. There's waiting lists at all of our preschools. There's waiting lists at our Culpeper County High School and Eastern View High School uh, programs for students, the Little Blues and Little Cyclones for preschool students. So they know that there's a need, and they were trying to find a way to address that need, and they came up with a business plan that they were gonna buy the old Star Exponent building, they were gonna have 10 employees, and they were gonna provide Aftercare, along with an opportunity, there might be a, there would be a tax stipend for those that needed it that they would be able to be, find a way to get them some funding. They were asking for the investors to put in a stake, and but they had it all figured out. But what stood out to me was we were doing they were doing the in-person oral presentation, and they went to a video, and there was a young man, Chris Patel, who was acting as the CEO, or he was the CEO of the company, and. The audio on the video, as you, sometimes when you do a, a video to a PowerPoint, the audio doesn't always connect. Mm -hmm. And so you couldn't hear what the people in the video were doing. 
And I could see this small moment of panic go over his eyes. And he quickly grabbed the microphone as soon as it was done and said, I apologize for the audio issues, but this is what they were saying. And then he quickly went through and just Cliff Notes style gave a, a detailed report of what those important community leaders were saying on the screen. And I thought he handled it with a plum. And the entire group didn't, you couldn't tell that was something that wasn't supposed to happen. They just made it seamless. And they ended up winning. They were also the only team that I'm aware of that reached out to the chamber and spoke to me about membership and spoke to me about oh. participating in the business industry and education day to get teachers who, teachers have kids, so they've got to find ways when they have after school programs, in, they have meetings and they have other things going on. Sometimes their kids, and my wife's a teacher, my kids will sit in her classroom and, and just twiddle their thumbs or I don't want to say get in trouble because my kids are pretty good. <laughs> But this would provide them, they could be bused to this location and they would have opportunities to do carpentry, to do STEM, to do uh, baking. And there was like all these ideas and there would be summer programs. And so they were going to present that to our teachers at BIE Day. They were going to come to Culpeper Fest and present that to the community. And I thought that was just genius. And I was grinning like a proud papa and and as I was (laughs) sitting there as our logos are popping up and I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, these guys... They did their homework and they ended up winning. But that to me is the beauty of career partners. And, and it wasn't, there was five other teams in the finals, five other teams in the preliminaries that were just as prepared. And they this year were tasked with the social aspect of talking about uh, food insecurity. And mm-hmm. there was one business that came up with a food truck that was gonna partner with, Mar- with Merchants Grocery. They had identified that Merchants Grocery, which has been in Culpeper for more than 100 years, and delivers, they're a wholesaler, they deliver all around the the Commonwealth. And they said that 30% of their produce is thrown out. And they said, so the food truck talked to them and said, hey, what can we do if we're using ugly produce? What can we work something out? And Mm -hmm. Chris Smithers, the CEO of Merchants said, I will give you this produce because we're just throwing it out. So they completely cut out a lot of their bottom line because they're being donated this produce that is ugly, but is still good. And they were going to make salsa with it, and they were going to can with it, and they were going to make these wonderful food truck creations with it. I, I was very impressed. Uh, Rachel Dillon was one of the young ladies that led it. And she works for Burnt Ends Barbecue, which is a food truck based down here off of 29 and I ran into Ronnie Rios who owns it who's also opening up downtown here in Culpeper and I just told him I was just so amazed and impressed with the poise that this young lady had and the passion she had she is going to be somebody who comes back to Culpeper and she's going to open a food truck or she's going to have a business venture and in eight to ten years she is going to be a mover and shaker here in our community because you can just tell and it's amazing to watch these young people grow even in the five-minute presentation that they'll start off shy and you see them gain confidence because they know they mm-hmm. can do this. And it's being able to provide them that opportunity. And this year, we surprised them. So every year, all the winners on the team, Career Partners has given a $5,000 scholarship to. Thanks to a grant through the PATH Foundation, this year and going forward, winners of the E-Squared program are going to receive a $10,000 scholarship. Wow. That's awesome. So most of the people that entered that, have, did they actually go on to continue to execute the business plan? Or was it for the construct of the contest itself to get that experience of what it takes to formulate I'm not the, aware the of business any plan. businesses that have actually, that they've taken the business plan and made it happen. Some of them are quite uh, adventurous and sure. they've won and they've been amazing. But I will say that I know that young people that have been involved and that have won have come back to our community and have served our community. Jason Ford works for Rappahannock Goodwill Industries. He's on our chamber board. He's a vibrant member of our young professionals. He was the first African-American student president at Mary Washington. He is incredible. And he coached a a E-squared team this year after he had been part of E-squared, I think six or seven years ago now. So he's come back and given back. Jeb Carroll, his, his grandfather was, Bob Jebson, was one of the ones that helped start the program, the E-squared program, and Jeb participated in it, and I think Jeb won, and now he's back coaching. So we see these students coming back and giving back into the community and showing that 
I've become successful because of what I've learned through E squared and career partners. No, and that's awesome. And I, I wanted to piggyback a little bit because I, I completely forgot that I did mock interviews many times when I was there. Mm-hmm. I will say I was the only one every time I did it, I never had a partner. So I will set the stage if you've never been involved in a mock interview. I believe these were going to be rising seniors, if I recall correctly. And you'd go in, and they were set up in the gym, tables around. All the students would come in, and they had a list of jobs that they were going to be, quote-unquote, interviewing for. And so there should be tables with two people conducting the interview from the community to the students. I don't know how it worked out. I always had to do – I was always solo for whatever reason. I I didn't think I was intimidating, but that's just how it worked out. But it was crazy to see, one, some of the students, the preparedness. A couple of the ones, I thought I had gotten all the alma maters one year. I'm talking back-to-back because they were going into pre-med, and one kid was actually doing rocket science. Some of them were extremely nervous. Others of them, I don't even know when they had time to sleep with all the extracurricular activities. But it was to give them that experience of talking to essentially a stranger in a professional capacity. I will say that a lot of times I'd go off strip because I did have one student that that absolutely did not like any of the jobs on the list. And so I went off script and said, what do you like to do? And we just, I said, we can talk about that because I know about that as much as I know about anything else on the list. But it was an awesome experience. I thoroughly enjoyed doing, I forget how many times I did that. I did it a bunch. And it was one of those things to be able to get involved with the community and also work with students that had never done some of that before. So we did mock interviews in 2020 and 2021 virtually. We did them through Google. That's what the schools were using, Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. So we did them and I participated, Amy participated. We, we always have business uh, leaders and, and our chamber board participate. For me, I say this all the time, it's one of the most rewarding things that I do because it's just be able to connect with those students. And I'm like you, I go off script. You're not supposed to. And I'm out here. Oh, no. I'm out here. I got, I got my hand smacked a couple times. There was one young lady in, in 2020 that stands out to me that we were talking and, and we were, she was telling me what she wanted to be. It was, she was applying to be a waitress at a restaurant, but she was explaining that she was the first member of her family that was ever going to graduate high school and mm. that she was the translator for the family and nobody else uh, spoke English, that she spoke both, she was bilingual and but she would serve as the translator for her family and she had all these responsibilities and she was working a job and I was just completely going off script because I wanted her life story because she was just so incredible and I'm like, you need to take this and use this because these skills that you have of working with your family are skills that can be translated to any job. And I know that Amy had some conversations with the young man that he, you know, we get some of the ones that are just polished and ready. And then there's, I don't have any experience. I've never had a job. I work with my dad in landscaping. And they're like, I watched a kid almost look like his heart was going to come out of his chest. He was so nervous. And I'm like, dude, calm down. It's okay. It's, it's, you know, it was from all kinds of backgrounds. It, yes, absolutely. It's just, a, and it's a conversation. It's making them feel comfortable mm-hmm. and, and letting, and there was a young man this year that came and he sat down and was talking to me. He was applying to be a barista at our local coffee shop, the Raven's Nest. But he and I started talking and I said, well, so you seem really passionate about coffee. And he's talking to me about how the brews he does and he's, he knows all this stuff. And he goes, but what I'm really passionate about is theater and art and I'm really passionate about fantasy, high fantasy. I wanted to make a dragon coffee shop. And I want, And I said, you are somebody that needs to be involved in E squared. And he stops mm-hmm. and looks at me and goes, what's that? And I'm like, the teacher's right there. I'm gonna call her over. She's gonna write your name down. We need, he's a junior, next year's a senior. We need to get you involved in this program because those are the budding entrepreneurs. Those are the people that have the dreams and are going to lead our vision and our country in years to come. And we need to tap into that now. No, absolutely. And before we run out of time, I got two more questions. The first one, the last one's going to be personal, but the first one is where do you see, how do you see the chambers continuing to evolve and re? reinvent themselves in changing times as popular you're bringing up you're talking about e-squared getting those in involved in ways that are engaging as 
major technological advancements coming in there for collabor different types of collaboration and things of that nature. Where do you see it as now we're going into a new, potentially a new age, a new work? Look at the new work environment that's out there now. Most white collar jobs have a majorly remote work and component to them. How do you see this affecting the chamber's relationship with businesses as business itself is evolving? That's a great question. I think that there is a I think the best way to do is to stay transformational instead of transactional. That's something we've talked about before. There is this perception of chambers that they've just always asked for money and that it's old white men uh, in a dark room with cigars. And we're, we're trying to change that culture. We've started a diversity, equity, and inclusion group. It's going to be a committee and a council, but we're allowing them to pick what they want to be called. And so we met in April, we met again in May, we're going to be meeting again in July. And it's trying to find ways to highlight how diverse our community is and be accepting. Because there is so many different groups that we just want them to feel like they have a sense of belonging in our community. And so it's growing that and bringing them in. And the Chamber's role is to serve as that conduit and for me to be able to serve as that connection agency to be able to bring our community together to bring people to the table to be able to get work done and it, that to me is more traditional that's being able to build those connections to, to have those relationships but to communicate and that's what we need to do is to build those lines of communication to be open to be welcoming and then when you're getting into your more your newer reality of how do you navigate social media, our small business mm -hmm. council is going to be having a mixer, uh, breakfast mixer, I do believe it's July 12th, that we're going to be having it that's going to be focusing on social media. And we're going to have a couple speakers, uh, local speakers, somebody from the small business group with Dave Reardon. He has a whole team down in Charlottesville. They're going to bring up this, going to talk about the big picture, and we're going to have somebody talk locally, a social media expert to talk about maybe one thing businesses can do, but really highlighting how you can promote yourself on social media. That's something that we've worked really hard on. We do all of our ribbon cuttings now on Facebook Live. We do them in person, mm -hmm. but we also broadcast them on Facebook Live. We had one for Bailey's Cookie Bar on Monday, and we had, as of Tuesday, we had 1,500 views on that video. I think awesome. we're over 2,000 views on that video already. So it's expanding that reach, letting people understand that, yes, you want to be in the community, but there's also this whole other realm that you can be on social media and how to best utilize that, how often to post, what to post, how to respond to somebody that has a complaint, how to properly promote yourself. So it, it's navigating the traditional along with what I would call your newer reality. So it's a fusion of those two things. And I think that we play an important role in that in serving as leaders of showing how you can adapt and how you can evolve, but while also keeping your hands firmly, your feet firmly in tradition as well. No, that's awesome. And I really appreciate the time as far as discussing the chamber in the future, but I, I have to cap our conversation off with a story that I have been repeating many times about a personal travesty that happened to you, in, in my mind anyway, and try to set the stage without giving away the punchline. You were able to uh, graduate college without graduating and how, and how you need to stay on top of how something 20 years in the past can come and bite you in the butt. <laughs> so I, it's something that I've talked about with a few people and it's not my most proudest moment, but I also like to think... It's not your fault. I'll say it's not your yeah, fault. Uh, it was just a thing that happened. It's just one of those odd things in life. and But I, I also like to think maybe it shows my problem-solving skills and my perseverance. So I graduated from Clarion University of Pennsylvania in 2002, and I worked at a newspaper, and I had, so I was working full-time in 2000. And so I went back and I finished my, my degree. I worked my way. I was putting my way through college. So I wouldn't have any loans. That was something that I was very cognizant of. And so I came down to Culpepper. I got a job in the newspaper business, a couple different jobs. I had another job opportunity that I would applied for. I was excited about and I was accepted. And they started doing the background and they come back and they said, Mr. Say, we see that you didn't graduate. 
And I said, what? no, I graduated. I started digging through all my paperwork, trying to find my diploma. I'm sure I had it. I called my dad. My mom passed in 2014. She was the one who handled everything in terms of paperwork in our family. I'm like, mom had that, right? Like, I walked. I had the everything. And my dad's like, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I threw it out. <laughs> my dad's a very gruff Northwest PA, 84-year-old man. So I, I called the school, and I'm like, hey, can I get my... my transcripts and everything and get my diploma and they're like you're two credits shy <laughs> two credits. i did not complete or a one of my professors did not my advisor at the time did not tell me that i needed a biology class a basic biology class and i'd gone through my entire career thinking that i was solid and yet I was two credits shot. Quickly put it in action. I said, listen, this isn't going to work. I can't go through life like this. I have been presenting for 20 years almost that I'm a graduate. I need to complete this. So the school was very accommodating. Clarion University of Pennsylvania, which is now being merged with, I do believe it's Edinburgh and California to form a college, but that my, my college at the time, you know, two years ago. So this is this was in 2019, late 2019, that I discovered this. And so I quickly enrolled in a winter course in 2020. In December of 2020, it was an online course. It was six weeks long, and I finished uh, my biology class with a B. And <laughs> while I was working full-time at the newspaper, and while I have three girls, uh, Maddie is 11, Mara is nine, and Macy is now four. So at the time, you know, to take off three years, they were nine and six and two. So I, I had my family life and everything going on. And I just worked my tail off online to get that done. And I can proudly say that now my diploma is, uh, and we just moved, so I know exactly where my diploma is. <laughs> it, it is up. Uh, near my pants in my closet and I just have it tucked away there might be able to put it in a safe but it was something that and so when I applied for the chamber and was going through the interviews I was in the middle of all this I hadn't even received my diploma yet that it was I was finishing up that course and I was open and I'm like listen guys this happened to me and this is one of the oddest things I've ever heard of I, and since then I've learned it happened to a couple other people and crazy. It, which is just insane. Thankfully, my credits still 20 years later still applied. They didn't make me, uh, and I have a degree in, um, in communication. That is obviously what I do. And so I, it is in a liberal studies degree. I get it. So when you are doing your school work and you go to a college, make sure all your credits are, make sure that everything is lined up. Just dot your I's and cross your T's allow me to be a, a symbol of what can happen if you think you've got everything under control. I will admit, there, it, led, it led to a lot of mental health issues with me. It led to a lot of anxiety. It led to a lot of no uh, self-doubt. And I like to think that I persevered and, and the chamber saw something in me and saw that I had a passion for Culpepper and, and I had the skills. That And now, one of the things that I'm a big cheerleader for, John, is career and technical education, mm -hmm. that you don't need to go to college for four years. Yeah, I don't know. I'm saying. I honestly don't know if I, had, if I needed to go to college for four years to do what I'm able to do. I have a background in, obviously, print journalism, in radio, in television, but those are all experiences that I gained not in the classroom. That was from after-school activities. That was from joining organizations and learning. Certainly now when you look at plumbing, and electricians and cybersecurity. These are all things that we offer at our Career and Technical Education Center in Culpeper through Culpeper County Public Schools and also in partnership with Germana. There's automotive that you can do, there's culinary. These are programs that you can be certified right out of high school. You don't need to get those student loans. You don't need to work a full-time right. job while you're going to college so you don't have student loans. So I am a huge proponent of career and technical education College is great, and I, I had amazing experience in college, but at the same point in time, I don't know that if it's for everybody. You've got to find what works best for you, and uh, use me as an example. Please always double-check your transcript. And there are certain things that I don't remember a lot of stuff through high school. My mom gets irritated with me because she'll sit there and go, don't you remember this? Don't you remember? No, that wasn't like one of those moments that just stick with you. I specifically remember you telling me that story because you and I were going together to go interview somebody that was doing some new technology work and you told me and I remember how mad I got 
because, and I also got mad that they actually made you take a course instead of just going, hey, our bad, and you you could send them pictures of walking during graduation, and I just found that because, to be honest with you, I know somebody else that didn't get their paper degree because they didn't make the effort to go do it, and they had just graduated, and I reiterated that story to them. I said, no, don't let this be a thing of because you didn't take the effort now. You graduated literally five months ago or three months ago, whatever it was, and didn't get it that you don't have something like this come back and, quite frankly, bite you in the ass 15 years later when somebody asks. And and it's so weird. Again, that's why I'm like, this to me is not an embarrassment. It's, it's just one of those oddball things. That, how does that happen? It's perception, right? We talk about perception all the time. So even if it wasn't my fault, there's a perception. Oh, well, you were trying to hide that. I had no clue. <laughs> but I, I am a man. I like to think I'm strong in faith in terms of of where God puts you where you need to be. Mm. And where I was going to end up, God knew, and he sent a signal. I would have appreciated a little more stumbler of a signal. However, <laughs> I ended up where I was supposed to be. And that, for me, is, I, I think about it every day. I do. And But I'm where I'm supposed to be at the chamber and promoting Culpepper and be able to promote all of our programs, our Culpepper Fest, our BIE Day, our Valor Awards giving back to our first responders, and just being able to incorporate all of the things that I've learned in my life in terms of my writing skill, of my people skills, of my ability to just talk off the, on the fly, off the cuff, on radio and television, that it has just worked out perfectly. And it wouldn't have happened without that odd, strange thing. I will sit there and say, I guess the other sign is at some point later in life, you're going to need to be updated on your biology. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I was funny is that now I'm able to use those those skills and those lessons that I learned during that course to help my 11-year-old as she's going into uh, well, sixth grade biology. So now, there you go. Now it's something <laughs> I'm able to pass along. That's awesome. Jeff, I, man, this has been great. I, I appreciate the, the, the time today and talking about how the, the chambers are very important within the community and Culpeper specifically and all the events coming up. And you've been able to navigate the waters through all of those shutdown periods and turn it into a great success. Thank you. And, and I thank you for having served on the chamber board and, and helping you know guide our chamber and the way to where we needed to be. And throughout the pandemic, it was just how can we help our businesses and our nonprofits, and now that continues is how do we continue to help them not only thrive, not only survive, but thrive. If anybody wants to reach out, what's the best way for them to do that? You can reach me at my email, president at culpepperchamber.com. Please visit our website, www.culpepperchamber.com. We have Facebook presence. We have Instagram presence. We're on Twitter. And also, you can just give me a ring if you're into traditional methods, 540-825-8628. And I'm going to piggyback on that and say, if you if you happen to be in another community, you're looking to get involved, you're looking for different ideas, I know Jeff would be open to sharing what's worked and what doesn't work and help you shortcut successes within your own areas. I believe in R&D, rip off and duplicate. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to leave it there.